Thank you for joining us this Wednesday evening, and we would like you to turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, a number of prayer requests we'd like to mention continue. Please praying for Mrs. Searcy and her cancer treatment, and also for Mrs. Wanda Coulter, who has bronchitis and asthma, and has just been having a hard time, difficulty breathing with this asthma. Uh, Dr. Bruce, continuing, he's had a month of treatments with leukemia, it's his second round with leukemia, and he's just very weak from the treatments and just uh, pr- would appreciate your prayer. And then there's Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith um, has been attending to her parents. Uh, just a season of a lot of care, taking care of uh, mom and dad. Dad especially has had some physical troubles. So I know Mrs. Smith would appreciate your prayers also. And then again, for our entire congregation, we ask the Lord's Prayer as we uh, pray for safety and health during this time. We need to be wise as serpents in discerning the will of God and um, careful, careful in our health habits, but also harmless as doves, being gracious and harmless, gracious with people who are fearful around us and may be overwhelmed. We are not given to fear. And God's not given us the spirit of fear. So our trust is in Him. We look to His Word tonight. And we're in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 on the inhabitants of heaven. We're going to be turning all over the Word of God. So uh, we'll have a number of places we'll be visiting. Who will be there? What will people be like in heaven? The inhabitants. Well, Malachi chapter 3. We're going to see in just a moment. I want to point out number 1. That the inhabitants of heaven will be a valued people purchased at a precious price. A valued people purchased at a precious price. Now, I do not say valuable, but valued. Our best qualities in ourselves are not valuable. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And in our flesh, which is um, most of what we see... Our flesh, in our flesh, dwelleth no good thing. But um, we are valued by God. A valued people purchased at a precious price. When I was a small boy, I would get down my little coin collection, which any real collector would have scorned at. But a boy's small treasure, after reading Treasure Island, became a king's ransom. And I remember fingering through these small silver coins and wheat pennies. And some of you will remember the buffalo nickels, the Liberty Dimes. Um, And I would imagine them to be gold doubloons, pieces of eight, uh, raw gold nuggets instead of what they really were. I had quartz stones mixed in, which I'd hold up to the light and admire and uh, imagine their true worth and value, which was unknown to the common eye. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, speaks of God's jewels, God's precious people. We are a valued people, purchased at a precious price. Malachi three sixteen says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. And heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him, before the Lord. For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. 
This passage speaks of God's people, God-fearing people who speak often to one another as they think upon his name. In other words, it's very common um, from the biblical perspective for God's people who fear God to be speaking of God, talking about him to one another. And God listens in keenly and he hearkens and he hears and he calls for a book of remembrance to be written in his presence on the behalf of those who fear him and think upon his name. And Malachi 3.17 says, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Do you see the tender uh, possessiveness God has of his people? In that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Now God spared not his own son, Jesus Christ, in order to spare us. To secure us from being cast out. He purchased us with the pearl of great price, with the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So that we know that he who watches the sparrow fall, says in Luke 12:7, even the very hairs of your head, are all numbered. Now, that number is a diminishing number, isn't it? It uh, get older. But he says, Fear not, therefore, because God knows and cares for every hair on your head. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. We're a valued people. The inhabitants of heaven and the residents, those who have their name written in heaven, are a valued people purchased at a great price. A great price was paid out. He gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. 1 Timothy 2.6 And Hosea 13.14 I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. 1 Peter 1.18 says For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with, verse 19 says, the precious blood of Christ. Who will the inhabitants of heaven be? Well, they'll be a valued people purchased at a precious price. Now, we've gone through in past weeks a number of the things that will not be in heaven. Uh, came across, here's another thing that will not be in heaven. I was thinking of some folks in our church who've had heart surgery. Uh, Brother Roger Bird, Casper uh, Koning, uh, Mr. Turner, Ken Turner, Mrs. Mrs. Searcy. And I want, to, I want to add to that. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. John 14. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. But it starts out saying, Let not your heart be troubled. You can add to your list of things that won't be in trouble. There will be no heart trouble. Now, I'm not talking just about the physical pumping organ. All of us have had heart trouble, trouble that has uh, cut deeply. But the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. There's another place. I've gone to prepare a place for you. Heaven is, is a place that's different from anything we've known. I was asked uh, a week or two ago whether I thought there would be competition in heaven. Well, that's a good question because... Um, God makes all things new. There will be unknown horizons. I believe there will be things to explore. And we'll all be different and unique. Heaven's not a place, though, where every throw results in a touchdown. 
and every cast of a fishing line results in a, in a big bass. But will there be competition? Good question. I don't know. But I do know that we'll be a valued people purchased at a, val- at a precious price. Number two, the inhabitants of heaven will be, number two, a people whose eternal security and right to stay rests on three things. We have people whose eternal security and right to stay rests on three things. Now, don't forget that, that those in heaven and those in hell will have eternal security. There is eternal, eternity in hell, just as though there's eternity in heaven. And heaven is where God preserves those most precious to him. Uh, and hell is where God preserves those most repugnant to him. Now, now I understand God loved the world, and that's true. And he purchased, he's purchased all mankind and offers the gift of salvation freely to all so that he can honestly say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's the propitiation of our sins. The propitiation, the atonement of our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But it is true that heaven is where God preserves those most precious to him. He makes up his jewels. Hell is where God preserves those most repugnant to him. They are still loved, even in hell. They were purchased, but they rejected the gift of eternal life. They resisted the Holy Ghost. They refused the Son of God. So they are yet in their sins, repugnant to him. And the wrath of God abideth on them. And as the Bible says, he is angry with the wicked every day. But in heaven, the inhabitants of heaven are a people whose eternal security and right to stay rests on three things. I believe it rests on, number one, the grace of God. The Bible says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2.7. It is because of the grace of God that we are who have believed in Jesus Christ for all of our sins to be paid by him, that we have Uh, The right to remain, the permanent right of residence in heaven, it's only by grace. All who are in heaven are there by God's free grace. All those in hell are there because they deserve to be there. And have not received God's gift of eternal life. The second reason we have eternal security and right to stay in heaven is because of, first, God's grace. Second, because of Christ's imputed righteousness. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. There will be no charge able to bring some child of God in heaven down because the righteousness of God is imputed to him. And who could lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And third, this is the reason we'll have the right to stay because of God's unchanging purpose. Now what, what, what attribute or perfection of God is is his unchanging character. It's his immutability. His unchanging purposes. In Ephesians 3.11, the Bible speaks of how the Gentiles were brought in by God's wisdom to be made fellow heirs with 
the Jewish believers. And it says, this is according, Ephesians 3.11, to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is the eternal purpose? That all who receive the Son, Jesus Christ, receive life. You see that emphasis through Ephesians. It's all in him. It's all our riches of our inheritance are in Christ. And we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, this is his unchanging purpose. We will have an unchanging residence because of God's unchanging purpose. His grace is not God good. His righteousness is going to be on us, is on us who have believed already. And his, his purpose does not change. God is ever the same. He does, he's not fickle, inconsistent. He's not whimsical. God does nothing on a whim. His eternal purpose is steadfast. The inhabitants of heaven are a valued people. Number one, purchased at a precious price. Second, a people whose eternal security and right of residency rests on those three things. His grace, his righteousness, his unchanging purpose. And number three, the inhabitants of heaven have an all-consuming and intense interest in the Son of God. The inhabitants of heaven will, number three, have an all-consuming an intense interest in the Son of God. He is our portion. Psalm 16, verse 5 says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. I was talking with John Moffat uh, by way of texting this past week, and he was sharing with me some of his devotional meditations throughout the day, meditating on Psalm 17 and the contrast between the temporary portion of what the Bible calls men of the world which have their portion in this life. What a small portion. What a diminishing return. But it goes on and says, We shall behold his face. We shall be perfectly, we shall be satisfied. Why? Because our portion lasts forever. And I refer you back to the previous chapter of Psalm 16:5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. The essence of Heaven is Christ, as he said, that where I am, there ye may be also. And with Christ we have a peace of conscience and a calmness of heart. We'll have nearer communion with Christ than ever before when we're in heaven. And our inheritance and portion will be all wrapped up in heaven. So, the inhabitants of heaven have an all-consuming and intense interest in the Son of God. He is our portion and we will not be prone to wander from him. We will not be prone to wander from him who is our portion. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. You know, in heaven we won't need warnings or threatenings or commands to hem our hearts into God. To stir us up, to stir ourselves up to seek the Lord. We'll be, as one person has said, we'll be naturalized to God. Isn't that good? Naturalized to God. Number four. The inhabitants of heaven will retain their own unique personality. The inhabitants of heaven will retain their own unique personality. In other words, one of the main questions that we ask is, will we recognize one another when we see each other in heaven? The real question is, will we be ourselves? Will we be ourselves? Yes, you who are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will continue to be you. Uh, you get to heaven, there will not be a bland, 
black and white, monochromatic, grayish-type landscape of inmates in uniforms, all with a similar rank and serial number. No, no, you're not going to be a, a group of white, sterile-gowned people with bottles of hand sanitizer, all standing around, looking the same, acting the same, doing the same, because they are the same. No! Uh, we will all retain our own unique personality. Now, granted, we shall be like him. In that sense, all our abrasiveness of our personality will be scrubbed clean. All of the rough edges will be knocked off. We'll sin no more. Um, we'll all get along. It's wonderful. Every person will get along with every other person. We'll be perfectly adjusted. Uh, without any personality. Conflicts without fightings or arguments. You think of heaven. What it's like to to be forever with the Lord. Maybe you, you think that heaven is going to be you and a crowd of people you don't know. No, heaven is not being lost amongst millions of strangers. That would be a horrifying thought. Hey, you remember when you were a child ever being lost? Maybe at a store, and you're walking around looking for your mom and dad, and how you're scared, and there's a lump in your throat, and you start crying out, Mom! Dad! You're crying out, and, and they come around and go, Where did you go? I told you to stand right next to the card. You keep your hand on the card. Maybe there's this, this dialogue that happens. But no, heaven is not being lost among a world of strangers. Imagine being a pygmy from from some country over in Papua New Guinea and you're in heaven and suddenly you can, you're lost in a world of people taller than you millions of believers who you don't what a horrifying thought think of Matthew eight eleven, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven He's talking of the Gentiles from the east, from the west. They've not lost their identity. They sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Consider the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses had been gone for 1,500 years. And Peter, James, and John, who'd never seen, never seen Moses or Elijah before, they recognized them instantly. Do you realize in heaven, we'll retain our own personality. In other words, there'll be instant, recollect, instant recollection and instant recognition. Instant recollection. You ever seen someone you know, but you couldn't remember their name? Sometimes I'll slip over to Rebecca, what's that person's name? No, there'll be instant recollection. You won't have any problem remembering people's names. And there'll be instant recognition. People you've never met never known, who didn't even live in the time on earth that you lived, and you'll immediately say, there's Moses, there's Elijah, I know them. This is like 1 Peter 1.8, Jesus, about Jesus says, whom having not seen, ye love. You'd almost say, believers, whom having not seen, you'll know. You'll know them. They saw Moses and called Moses by his name Moses. He'd not lost his name. Now part of this, retaining our unique personalities, we'll not lose our identity. But we'll also not lose our name. God says in Revelation, 
that he would not blot uh, your name out of the Lamb's book of life. That person's name will have our names in heaven. We'll bear our own names. Shall we know each other? Yes. Our identity will survive. We'll be able to easily and quickly identify all those around us. Heaven is not a land of strangers. It's a land of family. Number five, the inhabitants of heaven will be exclusively believers, but inclusive of all people groups. Now, exclusively believers. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Heaven is made up exclusively of believers in the blood atonement of Jesus Christ for their sin. But it's inclusive of all people groups. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ died for all. And he's not willing that any should perish. And he's the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Reconciliation is available to all. And you can know him today and be his cherished child for all eternity. And that's encouraging. That's exciting. This is a place that's it's inclusive of all people groups, but it's exclusive also. Consider heaven. Isn't it a unique place? It has walls and gates. Walls and gates. Walls keep people out, and gates are meant to be opened or shut to keep people out. Yet the walls, are they a privacy fence? Is that the kind of wall they are? No, the walls are clear. Jasper. The gates. Um, gates, uh, but the Bible says the gates will never be shut. They'll always be open. May I ask, what's the point of having a gate if it's always open? It has walls and gates. It's exclusively for believers, but inclusive of all people groups. Consider, when we think of all believers being welcome in heaven, that is, believers solely in Jesus Christ who died for our sins. Uh, Think of the way it will be different. There will be no doctrinal disputes among believers. What I mean by that is, on every issue, you will agree with me. We'll all agree. We'll we'll be perfect in our understanding of Bible truth. Of course, God will fix us all, won't he? Cause us all to come to the understanding of the truth. Everyone will be loving. Everyone will be lovely. There'll be no more family feuds. No more avoiding certain people who wear you out. No more arguments between brothers. There'll be no problem neighbors. No problem, neighbors. Hebrews twelve twenty three describes it as the place where it's uh, where just of just men made perfect, just men made perfect. Consider Adam's family. Did he have a perfect family? No, he had a bloody Cain in his family. Adam Adam himself was a sinner and brought sin into the world. Noah's family had a cursed uh, grandson, the son of Ham. Even the Savior, Jesus Christ, band of twelve, he had a had a thieving, betraying Judas. But in heaven, there'll be no one but just men made perfect. Every one of us, singing in unity, speaking in unity, one with another. Each one singing his own part with no sour notes. I think of a choir where one person just stands out and the sour notes are, are evident for all. Well, no sour notes, no grating personalities in heaven. 
Maybe you've known someone who just drained you, very draining people. Maybe an obnoxious neighbor with their music always turned up too loud. There'll be no one annoying or troubling because they'll enter nothing that defileth. Nothing. And in, how inclusive heaven is. The, uh, Revelation 5 and Revelation 7, both verse 9, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to our God. Listen to this. By, the, by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And Revelation 7, 9 says a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes. You remember how angry in the days of Jesus walking the earth the Jews got when Jesus said in Matthew 8.11 that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The Jewish religious elites were furious because they thought the kingdom belonged exclusively to them. The us-only club. The us-only. No, it's the kingdom of God and heaven will be made up of black and white, rich and poor, introverts and ex ex extroverts. This is... Uh, are you aware that room has been made for you in heaven by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ? And what a wonderful place it'll be. Yes, he included me. The numbers, I, the number of people in heaven will be a, a number which no man can number, the Bible says. And yet, it's encouraging because, you know, that God's attention is not divided. The numbers in heaven do not divide up God's attention. God doesn't have a divided attention. He does not split his presence up until everyone's peace is minuscule, like... like a large family of 12 eating one pizza where everyone has a half-inch sliver. No, heaven will be fully enjoyed, and his presence will be fully fu fullness of joy. You think of, of John 14. What a, what a blessing it is that Jesus' disciples were so slow, that they were so dumb at times like we are. They ask questions. I will thank you for asking that question, Thomas. When Jesus said, Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I ask you, have you trusted in Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven? None can obtain heaven but those who obtain Christ. Now is the time time to, to lay hold of eternal life by trusting in Jesus Christ as your, your only Savior. Revelation chapter 20 verse 15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And yet Jesus said, Rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. There's nothing greater worth rejoicing in that your name is in heaven and your home awaits you. Uh, think of how God does save the best for last. Like Job 42, at the end of Job's troubled days, God restored unto him his uh, the blessing. And Job 42.12 says, So the, the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than, 
than his beginning. I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, your latter end is better by far. Better than your past. Better than your present. The best is yet to come. Hearth and home, friends and family are ahead of you. Because this world is not your home. In closing, I love the story that D.L. Moody told of what he called one of the... uh, um, one of the eminent divines of his age, one of his, um, the men who lived in his day who was a, a man of God. And he said that that man told the story that said, he said, when I was a boy, I thought of heaven as a great shining city with vast walls and domes and spires and with nobody in it except white-robed angels who were strangers to me. By and by, my little brother died. And I thought of a great city with walls and domes and spires and a flock of cold, unknown angels. But then also of one little fellow that I was acquainted with. He was the only one I knew up there at that time. But then another brother of mine died. And then there were two that I knew. Then my acquaintances began to die, and the flock continually grew in heaven. But it was not until I had sent one of my own little children to his heavenly parent God that I began to think that I had a little of myself in heaven already. A second child went home. A third died and went to heaven. A fourth followed. And by that time I had so many acquaintances in heaven that I did not see any more walls and domes and spires. I began to think of the residents of that celestial city. And now there there I have so many of my acquaintances who have gone before that it sometimes seems to me that I know more in heaven than I do on earth. The best is yet to come. What a place God has prepared for those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. If you've not trusted in Him, you must trust in Him before it's too late. And if you have, then your name is written down in the book of life, and that cannot be taken away. Who are the inhabitants of heaven? If you are, your name is written in heaven, you are a one of the valued people purchased at a precious price whose eternal security and right to stay in heaven rests on God's grace, Christ's imputed righteousness, and God's unchanging purpose, you you will have an all-consuming and intense interest in the Son of God. Oh, may we now. For He is our portion, and there's coming a day we will not be prone to wander from Him who is our portion. We will retain our own unique identity and personality and name. In heaven, this is a place where, of exclusively of believers, but inclusive of all people groups. God bless you.